Hi, my name's Anna Shaflarsky, and this is Letters to the Editors. Hi, this is the sixth episode of Letters to the Editors podcast, for which I invite authors and artists working in text-based practices to read their work and talk about it with me. For this episode, I Skyped with Precious Okoyomo, a 23-year-old author and poet based in New York. In 2016, she published a collection of poems called Ajibota with Bottle Cap Press. She also has an online publication available at Ghost City Press. When I asked Precious for a CV, she wrote, she's just a little lamb trying to figure this shit out. Now on a personal note, I don't want to generalize my experience of German culture, I swear, but every expat that lives in Germany knows how painful it can be to cold call strangers in this country. If you call an office with an inquiry or a restaurant with a reservation, it's more often than not rough, to the point, brusque, efficient. It can make even the most socially savvy of us timidly phone-phobic. This cold call to Precious was the opposite of that. I reached her in Ohio in what she calls a transition state before heading to New York. It was personal, intimate, hilarious, and it went on for two hours. So after Precious reads her poem called... It's a disassociating season. You can listen to a severely abridged version of our ridiculous but so true conversation. Can you hear me right now? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm just looking for my book and my like stack of things. I was hoping you would read the It's Disassociating Season. Oh, yeah. Actually, I can read that. It's, because like, uh, actually, that's like a good length. I don't know. Cool. And I think it's a cool piece and it's kind of like it's got this kind of meandering storyline to it. Yeah. Um, it's disassociating season. I'm walking around Harlem, a little stoned and weepy, feeling little light blue, maybe yellow. This is my problem, getting off on colors. It's all boring. I decide to eat some mushrooms, just a couple caps, trying to organize my mind patterns, shifting around wave to wave, spasms of fantasy. Magic lifts my hair. That's just the wind. That's just the weed. My aimlessness is agreeable. I am but a gentle thought floating in the wind, beaming. Shamelessly happy, I drift away into a dreaminess. Everything I feel is hot and wet. I'm at Sam's eating cupcakes, sitting in a loop of endless mirrors, naked baby Bratz dolls holding tiny dicks, cream in my mouth, the light bounces off the walls, soft pink, making the green world stop. Then my body is drowning itself in the habit of the dream. Then Rachel tells me how to deal with trauma in recklessly graceful ways. Fluttering realities of dust destroy memory functions in order to survive. Then my lover is texting me wondering where I am Hashtag worried. I'm getting tired of my shit. I'm a superficial bitch. Hashtag selfish. I'm throwing my wig away in Sam's bathroom, first in the urinal, then in the sink. I leave it in the trash. When I was a child, I used to strip down and beat myself with a stick, an excess of desire, traumatized spasms of my fantasy. And I'm calling my lover. I'm late. I'm always late. I'm getting tired of my shit. God doesn't strike people down like he used to. Damn, I miss the old God. This poverty is perfect. What I love now is barely there. Then Patricia is next to me on the couch, talking me down 
from my trip, rubbing my back, reduce the living body. Then Taylor and I are snorting coke off the toilet at Basa. Everything I like is 99% wrong. Everything I am is 99% wrong. Then Ryder is playing 3-6 Mafia, and he is wondering, who can really say nigga? Nobody, not with this weight. Then my lover is calling me, and my lover is worried. Then my phone is dead, the sensation of constantly being unsettled. I'm always trying to only feel good. Hashtag good vibes, hashtag blessed, hashtag sage. Then I'm drinking a shitty martini with Ben. I miss my wig, my whole life, a summer day, gin martinis, no cherries, no ice, no problems. Then Rin buys me whiskey. Then Ariel's giving me their book and I'm blushing. Then I'm feeling lustful. Then I'm in bed with Hana legs tangled, bodies without origins. I awake horrified at the choices I've made. Oh, well. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been two weeks um, since my last confession. I lied in my last confession. I have dishonored my mother and father. Um, I have um, hurt the people I care about. Then Taylor is rolling us a spliff. Then I am high. I'm always stoned, extremes of pleasure, this void of endless animation. I don't know how to drop the repetitions, dismembered body. I find myself repeating, I am not myself today. I mixed up my identities. I revolt. I am no longer a body. Ego leaks onto the street, shed light on humiliation. Then I am lost. Then my mother is lending me money. I am no good at taking care of myself. Temptation, a new poison, blur the lines of intoxication. I am no good at feeling bad. Oh God, have mercy on me. Your daughter, a sinner. If you touch it, it's yours. These are the bonds. One thing next to another doesn't mean they touch. An unseen shape rotating and twisting, touching something lightly, display dramatic expression. Then Sam is reminding me that cuteness is its own violence. The colors that evolve, my goodness, is insulting. I don't know what life is. I want everyone to drown in my teenage dream. Blah, blah, blah. We're as young as the night of a bloody nose on Tuesday. Then I'm at the reading and Darcy is asking me if I'm okay and Molly's handing me a coffee. Black and Ben's giving me reassuring looks. I feel like my body will give out if I don't smoke a joint. By the time I see your face, I am the only Jesus in the room. Then we're fighting and you're walking away from me. Broken black bodies are really in right now. It's a bummer nobody gets crucified anymore. I mean, I'm trying. I want to care about art, but I only care about people. Then Rachel's giving me a K-pin to stop the spasms. They fall in the Uber. I lower myself to the ground, brush the pills into my hand and get high. Life is hard and I'm sorry. I'm sobbing. I can't remember why now being a person is hard and stupid and I suffer from that. Everything is embarrassing. Uh, this is getting out of hand. I can't say no, so don't ask me, fleshy animal. Nothing is pure. Invert yourself. Yeah, everything seems to be going really good in the first paragraph. <laughs> and then somehow um, it starts with these mushrooms, right? And yeah. throughout the poem, there's there's a lot of like, there's a lot of drugs and... I couldn't help but 
think and and correct me like tell me if this is totally off but you also have like a lot of like references to like christianity and you all, you also say i'm the only jesus here and you talk about like crucifixion and stuff like that and when i read it a few times i started to think about it as like stations of the cross do you know what i mean yeah no it has that like it has that thing where i'm like going through my like i'm almost putting myself in this role of like suffering that i see like ahead of me but i still participate in it i don't understand why i do that yeah but and, it, and this <laughs> and then I just imagine that you're like dragging this huge fucking piece of wood, you know, and all your and your friends are like your apostles and you're kind of meeting them <laughs> on the way. And like each of them kind of gives you something, which is most of the time drugs. It's and, mostly drugs. <laughs> and they're trying to help you. And you're basically like telling them like, no, you can't help me. There's nothing to be done. <laughs> like, That's basically it. There's no help for me like comparing old testament to new testament too yeah <laughs> you know like where's that god that like badass god that like strikes you down you know yeah he doesn't do it anymore he's not like wrathfully like killing people for their sins anymore and there's no like horrible like suffering it's like he's a chill god now and i'm wondering why yeah and he makes us like deal, deal with our own bullshit instead of like dealing with it for us yeah, he's not going to take care of me anymore. No, <laughs> I, have to, no. I have to take care of me. <laughs> where where do you think that comes from? I mean, that's a good question. <laughs> it's not a it's not like the it's not just this Christian kind of guilt complex. No, it's it comes uh, at least for me, I'm like still trying to figure out where this like endless wanting and like um unsettlement comes from of like my mania <laughs> of like not being able to settle myself. I think there's like one day maybe I'll find this like healthy place where I can still create and like make like art that I love and also not be like a complete mess. <laughs> but yeah. I'm not there right now. <laughs> I'm definitely not there right now. I find myself always um popping off <laughs> and doing extremely ridiculous things and then being like, oh, that was a crazy thing to do. I guess um, I should have gone down that path. But... <laughs> I'll write about it instead. <laughs> I'll just write about it and process it. Yeah. <laughs> and repeat the same mistake a week from now. So right now I like to call the period of my life I'm in um, a transitional stage. <laughs> um, I just got out of like a three-year relationship and um, I find myself in times where like I'm going through things. Um, I like dissociate completely and I like lose like this idea of what's actually happening in my reality. And it's not until like a month later, I'm like, oh, that's what was actually happening. That was a really crazy moment in my life. So um, that poem came of sorts from like the end of my breakup and like being in New York with like all my friends kind of like losing my mind. Yeah, it's like I'm I like kind of leave my body and forget that I like am present in my body and I experience these things and go through them. And it's not until like weeks later, I'm like, oh, that's what was happening. And I find like writing down this like long story is how I am, um, how I deal with that. I process it. And you're from Ohio originally, or what are you doing there? What are you doing in Ohio? 
<laughs> what am I doing? I'm from Ohio originally. I just moved back. I moved from Chicago to what three weeks now. Um, and I moved to New York next week because um, I'm going to school there. So that's why my life is in this transition phase. I just left to come back to Ohio and I was like, I'm going to resettle myself and hang out with my mother. But um, I don't, I realize I don't like hanging out with my mom that much (laughs) (laughs) as much as I thought I would. Um, It seems like such a good idea when you're away, right? Yeah. I'm like, wow, me and my mom are going to have this like very Gilmore girls, like loving relationship and bake pies and things. And I get back and she's like, what are you doing with your life? And I'm like, I don't know. I have to leave again. <laughs> so is your poetry used as catharsis? It, it is cathartic. It's probably the only thing I have that kind of saves me in a way from my own madness. The last two words, invert yourself. I kind of paused on that. I was like, okay, okay. Precious wants me to invert myself. This will help me somehow. And I was like, what does it mean? <laughs> I find myself like constantly like um throwing myself back at the world like um I'm a relentless force that can't be controlled and like I have all this energy to give to everyone and everything and like I must be everywhere like doing all the drugs and like with all my friends but then I realize that I'm not giving a lot of time to myself I'm not giving myself time to like process these things process like my pain or my trauma or things that are happening to me so I'm like I'm allowing myself to like take a moment and step back from my like animalistic urges of like always this wanting and going kind of giving myself time to just like be with myself and I think that's kind of like a very important thing that like we forget is like oh maybe I just need a second to like be with myself these friends of yours that you mentioned in the poem, I mean, I don't know if they're, they're their real names. They're all kind of giving you something. Like, they're all kind of handing something. That's how they're defined, is by what they give you. I used everyone's name. <laughs> That's because I was feeling quite bold. People give me a lot, and I feel myself not like... I feel like I don't know if I give a lot back in return. But I feel like I give people, like my love unconditionally and like lots of pieces of myself and people return these like things to me but they all own like these tiny like little pieces of me which is like rather hard because then at the end of the day I feel kind of exhausted from giving so much of myself out but it's still at this like very distant point where I'm like what did I give people Well, I'm not a person that goes around town and people want to give me like little bits of drugs (laughs) and alcohol. So I think you're probably rubbing people the wrong, the right way. I mean, (laughs) you're probably, yeah, you're probably doing something right. How much does like chatting or using a phone like influence your writing? Um, I'm pretty sure everyone I know thinks I'm addicted to my cell phone, which is like probably true at this point. So I'm always on my phone or on the internet communicating with like everyone. And that's my biggest form of like how I do anything Um, that it influences my work totally. I write all my poems on my cell phone. I'm always looking at my cell phone. That's why my phone is probably always dead because it's always like in my hand. 
and it shapes everything I do. I found myself like writing in this like text language and I use my chats to like form my poems in a lot of ways. In fact, in the end of my book, the longest poem I have in there is a conversation with my best friend from the course of like four months. I don't, I can't tell if the internet's going to destroy us or save us, (laughs) but um, it's probably a mixture of both. But I find myself like, even with people in the same room with me, I find like I'll be sending my friend memes like while he sits next to me, which I could easily just hand my phone over and show it to him. But it feels somewhat like more personal. Something I like about also chatting with people, it feels like you're crafting something for somebody. You're yeah. like you're put you're like weaving something together and then sending them that, you know? And it's not just this kind of immediate like I want to show you something or look at this, but it's like I want to craft it in a certain way for you. Yeah, like this is a special like moment I'm creating for you in my like on my phone. Here you go. Take it. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> it's but, like But do you think that everybody appreciates it the same way? I don't know. I think like for me, at least, I, like, really love communicating that way. But some for some people, like, they hate texting and they look at it, like, like just as a means of, like, immediate communication. And I'm like, well, it's so much more beautiful than that. Like, I've had some of the most, like, healing therapeutic conversations, like, over text. Texting, um, for me, I feel like it's the most romantic thing form of communication <laughs> yes <laughs> which is horror I mean I feel embarrassed even saying that but it's like it's like writing a letter honestly but, but better yeah. really it's better because it just seems <laughs> so much less contrived and it's just it's, like I want to and it's most and I think that the more absurd the text messages are the more romantic they are because, yes <laughs> because they're just kind of like I wanted to share something with you that has like no bearing on what's happening in my life right now it's like this is completely separate for you yeah you're like isolated from this moment but I'm like bringing you into my world like yeah. here you go but I've had such huge fails with trying that <laughs> with people they just don't get it they're just like why they get exhausted or something so <laughs> I just I learned that I have to like assess the situation out before I start no, never stop crafting too many text messages. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, is there anything else you would like to say for to Berlin or to my limited amount of listeners up until now? <laughs> <laughs> to like the like, you know, like I the most amount of listen because this is this is a relatively new project. So like the most amount of listens I think so far is like a hundred and fifty or something for one one episode, which I think is actually pretty good. That's amazing. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. So just imagine there's like 150 anonymous strangers of maybe <laughs> maybe they only listen halfway. Who knows? <laughs> like, is there anything you would want to say to them? Um. Hi guys. <laughs> I um. I I don't know. Um. That's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. So that was taken from my very warm cold call to Ohio that took place a week ago. I hope you liked that episode. You can check out Letters to the Editor's past and future episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. This podcast is completely unfunded, but receives moral support from AKV Berlin, 